Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, he won't fail. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he won't fail. Find somebody else and say, he won't fail. The Cowboys might fail you today, but he won't fail you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's give the worship team a hand this morning. Thank you, Leroy. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to go there just a second, but just kind of want to tell you where the heart of where I'm coming from, talking about in, the, in this next couple of weeks. Um, we just came out of a series that he's coming back. Now, do I have to ask y'all, do y'all believe Jesus is coming back? Yeah. Come on, I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all believe Jesus is coming back? Again, no one knows the day or the hour, but we as believers ought to be looking up and always have our focus that he is coming back uh, for, for the bride and uh, with the church without spot or wrinkle. But I want the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, he said, the end will not come until every kingdom is seen and heard the gospel. And so what I want to encourage you with uh, this morning and, and really focus our attention on is that we've got to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The Bible tells us this, that we are salt and light. How many of y'all know that? And so in order for people to taste Jesus, we need to be salt. And in order for them to see Jesus, we have to be light. And so the Bible tells us the Great Commission is going to all the world and preach the gospel, sharing that good news. And so what I want to encourage all of us with this morning, you might say, well, pastor, that's easy for you to do. No, if you're a brand new believer or you're just now getting saved, God has called you to be that hands and feet of Jesus. In fact, I want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday nights on Defending the Faith. This is a very practical message I'm going to preach today, but we need to know the why. See, lots of people don't share their faith with people. It's because they're not confident in the Word of God. Well, one way you get confident is you read the Word of God. One way that you get confident is you get in the presence of God. One way you get confident is having consistency in your life. And so you've got to be consistent in the word of God and you'll become confident. But I truly believe this, that the Lord was to be in the room today. I believe this would be on his heart. And this may not be one of your favorite topics that I talk about. You'd be like, Pastor, I really like it when you talk about relationships. I really like it when you talk about miracles and you, you talk about other things. But this may not be your favorite talk, topic, but I truly believe this. It's on the heart of God that you share your faith, that you are an evangelist. Amen? God has called each and every one of us to be an evangelist, to be a light, especially in today's time. But in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, he says this, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those which were lost. Can I tell you that the Lord is in the business of finding things that are lost? I'm going to say that one more time. The Lord is in the business of finding things that were lost. How many of y'all, before you came to Jesus, you were lost as a ball in high weeds? Just lift your hand, all right? You were lost as a goose in a snowstorm. You, you were, and thankful for the good news. But I'm telling you, the Lord is interested in lost things being found. I see it all throughout Scripture, from the story of Joseph, from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, you go through it all. He's interested in lost things being found. And we're a testimony, each and every one of us, of the lost being found. And, and I want to know you that, I want to tell you this. We need to be that church. 
the forefront thing that we need to be out in front of us is that people are getting saved. I'm telling you that is the heart of God because he came to seek and save those that were, were lost. Uh, and, and so with that being our intention, the reason I tell you this, I wanna step on some church folks' feet just for a second. If we're not careful, we'll be that church where, pastor, I wanna come in and you preach a message to us church people. Let's just thank God for the rain right now. Come on, somebody. Hey, now. But we went to a church conference this last week at Gateway, or not last week, what was it, a month ago, three weeks ago? You know what the three biggest complaint of church people are is this. Number one, it's too loud. Number one, the temperature's wrong. It's either hot for somebody or cold for somebody. The third, what was the third complaint? Oh, that's it. Somebody sat in my seat. <laughs> How many of y'all know that's sick? Come on. I was sharing with Lucas this last Friday. He went shooting with me, and I was just sharing with me what the Lord had show, showed me in Luke chapter 15. You guys know the story. There's four people in the story. There's the father. Then he has two boys. This is the story of the prodigal son, and then it's the one who's telling the story. It's the son of God. And the father... Uh, he gives his portion of goods to the, to the rebellious son. And what does he do? He goes off into the city. He gets, you know, I'm, I'm sure he gets mixed, mixed up in the cartel and sells drugs, snort cocaine up his nose, finds himself in a pig pen. He's lost everything. The Bible says he comes to his senses. Well, when he comes to his senses, he goes back to the father. The Bible says that he's looking out the window and he runs. Me all know old men don't run, but he ran after the, the, the lost boy that was coming in. And as he's running after him, he said, let's put a ring on his finger, let's put a robe on his back, and let's kill the fatted calf because what was lost has now came back home and has been found. But then we have the religious one that if we're not careful, we'll be that person sitting inside the room that says, this is my seat and it's cushioned just right. I got to have the air right and the sound's got to be perfect or I am out of here, Jack. Right? The religious boy said this. He said, the religious boy said, I stayed here the whole time. What are you going to give me? Listen, I just want to tell you this. I'm so thankful that you have been found, but now it's your job to introduce lost people to a gospel that you have found as well. So there's, that's why we're going to get LED screens, and that's why we're going to get lights. That's us putting the ring on them. That's us putting the robe on them. That's us saying, hey, we're more interested in your sons and daughters that are lost than you. I'm sorry. We're more interested in your neighbors that don't know Jesus than you are. I'm sorry. I'm telling you, I want to cast out that religious spirit out of this room, and I want to have a spirit that says, I will go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'll do everything short of sin to get them in here. And you don't understand why we do some of the things that we do because the forefront of our mind is the heart of Jesus to seek and to save those that which were lost. Are you hearing me this morning? <clears throat> I'm going to step on your toes all service, so you might as well like it. I want to give you a good report of the lost being found. Wednesday night, I had the opportunity to preach at Fields of Faith at, uh, for Fellowship of Christian Athletes in the, in the, at uh, Buffalo Stadium there in, in Canyon, and um, go Buffs, and uh, man, they have dumped a lot of money into that place, holy smoke, it is nice, and so <clears throat> uh, that we had some testimonies, there was people worshiping, they bus loaded, I met, a, I met kids from Dalhart, Boys Ranch, Panhandle, Borger, all over the place, they were inside of there, bunch of kids, I mean, the uh, 
stadium full of them. <clears throat> and I had the opportunity that my buddy who asked me to do it, the board of FCA asked me to come and present the gospel. He said, you got 10 minutes. I said, my favorite scripture is, blessed is a short-winded preacher, for he shall be asked to return. But 10 minutes, have you sat in any of my sermons, dear God in heaven? I'm going to need the anointing, the Spirit of God, 10 minutes, dear God. But I believe the power of God went in operation. I'm here to tell you that 13 kids that never heard the gospel before came down, gave their lives to the Lord, and 70, 78 made a recommitment. The whole... The whole, the field was full of 91 kids that wanted to give their life to the Lord. I had a moment, I had a moment with three of them from Boys Ranch, came from very, very, you know boys from Boys Ranch, came from very, very broken, didn't have a daddy, barely knew a mama, ended up at Boys Ranch, gave their life to the Lord. How many of y'all know their life will never be the same again? And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And I'm telling you, we need to have that in, in the forefront of us because I believe this with all my heart, and this is what I've been praying. We're not only in the physical harvest season, but I believe by the Spirit of God, we're in the harvest season of people to come to Christ. And in order for us to see the coming of Christ, in order for us to, to have that in our heart that Jesus is coming back, we need to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to give you three or four reasons I had nine, but I broke it down to four. Four reasons. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's hard. Four reasons that we share our faith. Why? Number one, write this down. And if you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Number one is this. The reason we share our faith, number one, is because that's what you're called to do. And I'm going to get into the scripture in a minute of why we're called to do that. But I just want, just for a minute, I want you to think about this. Before you come to Christ, that's all you're searching for. You don't know what you're searching for, but that's what you're searching for. And then after you come to Christ, you want to spend every moment telling them about this Savior that has saved you. That set you free. That's made a difference in your life. And so you're called to do that. And I love this. We're in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13, and we're going to go there in a minute. But you know, the, you know the scripture, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, then how can it be seasoned? Then it talks about you're the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. He says, let your light so shine before men that, you see is, that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. But I want to share it to you out of the message translation this morning because there's lots of people that come to me and they say, Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Well, I don't think you can get any more clear than this. In, in Matthew 5, 13, in the message translation, this is what it says. Let me tell you why you are here. Ding, 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 ding. On to the bonus round. Ladies and gentlemen, hobos and tramps, one-legged mosquitoes and cross-eyed ants. Get that right there. Let me tell you why you are here. Don't you, wouldn't you want to perk up? How many of y'all want to know the purpose of God for your life? How many of y'all want to know the will of God for your life? No matter what age you are, this applies to us. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. God has called us to be God flavors. And I just want to tell you, sometimes you're salt, but other times you're pepper. Salt and pepper. Oh, I ain't going there. <laughs> don't, be, don't be coming on me, right? Oh, Lord. But God's called us to be the salt season. How many of y'all want, when we leave a room of where we are, people to taste God in the ins on the inside of us, in our actions. It says that if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? 
you've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Oh boy. Then verse 14, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. How many of y'all know there's lots of people that tell you this, that we're living, I mean, the world is just so bad. It's just so bad. Yesterday, they had a block party in front of our house, and I talked to many people, and in, in uh, many times I heard that, you know, the world is just so bad, all these things, and there's some curriculum that actually came out in the public schools in the last couple of weeks people were telling me about that is, oh, my word, of some reading material. And they were, it's just so bad. It's just so bad. And can I just put it like this? He said, you're called to be a light. And if you have a bright room on a sunny day and you turn on a flashlight, nobody cares. But if you turn out all the lights in this room right here and I'm the one who has a flashlight, all of y'all will be my friend. It's as simple as that. That's what the gospel does. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the, power, for, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. It's a supernatural power that comes with the, with the gospel being told that people see light on the inside of you. And so it's like this world may be dark right now. The news may be dark. You may have been in a dark situation. But God has called us to be light bearers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says... Uh Uh-oh. It says, bringing out the God. Oh, next one. It says, nope, go back. (laughs) Thank you. You're doing good back there. You listen to everything I say. Could we get Brandy in there? All right. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket or a bucket. Do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Everybody say shine. Shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna, come on, you're better than first service. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Hey, give yourself a hand this morning. Put it under a bushel. All right, very good. Keep, op- keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Listen to this. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. Say that again. Okay. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. I don't know about you, but I want God so big on the inside of me. It's like a, a little boy went to his dad and he said, Dad, how, how tall was Jesus? And he said, I think he was probably five foot ten. Little boy goes, how can that be? Dad, you're six foot tall. How could he stick out of you if he was only five foot ten? I'm just here to say this. I want 10 foot tall Jesus on the inside of me. I heard this story, uh, uh, what we're called to do and being a part of that calling. I heard this story a couple weeks ago about John F. Kennedy and they were about to send somebody to the moon. This ain't about whether you believe anybody's been on the moon or not. That has nothing to do with the story, all right? But John F. Kennedy tells Air Force One, he says, I want you to land at the air where, where they're going to take off from. 
And what I want you to, oh, I, I want to go in and to kind of scope the place out where we're investing all of this money. And so John F. Kennedy goes in there and it's in the middle of the night, like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. And he walks in and he sees this guy and he's mopping the floors. And he says to him, he says, why are you mopping the floors at 3 o'clock in the morning? He goes, President, I'm not mopping the floors. I'm putting a man on the moon. Can I tell you, can we have that same heart as believers? Like there's people back there that are changing diapers. They need to know this. They're putting somebody on the moon. Well, they may be looking at a moon. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. Like the people in children's church, like the people that are teaching kids in children's church, they're not there to babysit. They're there to build warriors in the kingdom of God, right? But also, too, they're mopping the floors so that mama can be in here and taste and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endures forever. See, I'm not just mopping the floors. The things that I'm doing, I'm doing it so the kingdom of God will be preached. I'm doing it so the gospel will go out and be a light. Are you hearing me this morning? The reason that you serve in the church is not because we need one more person to fill it. I'm telling you, we can find somebody else to do it. You need to do it because you're making a difference and people are coming into the kingdom of God. Are you hearing me this morning? I don't know about you, but I want to put people on the moon. Because you need to know this, heaven and hell is a real place. And there's lots of people that say this, well, I like to keep my faith private. Listen, that may be your opinion, but that's not what the word of God tells us to do. God's called you to be the hands and feet. One more scripture, and I want to go to the next point, but 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, the Lord does not delay as though, though he were unable to act and does not show about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. It's what you're called to do. Number two is this. It's because why you share your faith is because people need Jesus. How many of y'all know people need Jesus? Let's say that again. How many of y'all know people need Jesus? The Bible says this, that he is the only way, the truth, and the life. How many of y'all know he is the only way? We need to know that he's the only way because I, I, I said it a while ago, but heaven and hell is a real place. In fact, Jesus talked about hell way more than he talked about heaven. And how many of y'all know we are surrounded by people in our life and our sphere of influence that they're lost, that they're not going in the right direction. They need a Savior to come in and point in the right way. In John 3, 16, we know the scripture, and I say it quite a bit because it is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But look at what 17 and 18 says. It says this, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. How many of y'all can testify and say your world was messed up, but then you received Jesus, it became right again? Amen? He says, anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. And that leads me to the next one is this. Number three, why we share our faith is because people want the Lord. Because without him, people are miserable. 
You know what Ecclesiastes says? And I don't know about you, but I believe the, the book from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon says this, that God planted eternity in all of our hearts. And how many of y'all would testify to this, that really God has put eternity in all of our hearts? There's times throughout the week, several times throughout the week, that, that I think about eternity of what the future holds for me. And, you know, just talking to an agnostic, I've talked to atheists and agnostics like many of you have before. And one of my favorite lines is to say to them, and because here's the deal, them to be an atheist, they don't believe in God. But really, if the word of God is true, God has put eternity in their heart, even though they may not believe that. Right? And so one of the things that I always share with them is this. Now, I don't argue with them or anything like that. I just try to be salt and light. But I always ask this question or I always say this comment. You have to believe there is a God not to believe in him. That always stumps them. Go ahead and write that down. Put it on Twitter, whatever you want to do. You're welcome. But how many of y'all know they have to believe there is a God not to believe in him? And in Luke 15, we know this, not only in our own experience, but we know that when we don't have Jesus, we always end up in a pig pen, and we don't want to live like that. We need to give them Jesus, and in John 10 and verse 10, it says he came to give life and life more abundantly. So not only people need Jesus, but I believe this, that people want Jesus. They may be fighting it, but deep down inside, they really want Jesus. And here's the fourth thing is this, of why you share your faith. Because you, at one time, you were once lost. <clears throat> Don't, never underestimate your story either of how you came to Christ. Many of you know my story. I, I was raised in church. The only drug that I ever did was being drugged to church. I was in the front row. I, I served God, went to a Christian school all through high school, went from there to Southwestern Assembly God University. Uh, there I was on uh, an awesome worship team, uh, played some football there. I came back here. And uh, while I was here in Amarillo, I was working with this guy at UPS, and at this time, I began to drift. How many of y'all have ever drifted before? I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Well, I was in this, uh, I was going to be an usher in a buddy of mine's wedding that worked at UPS. And the guy that I was picking up from the airport, he was actually in, in the wedding party. Well, I pick him up. He said, hey, pull over here to this gas station. Well, he comes out with an 18-pack. So we drank it on the way to Hereford, all the way there. By the time I got there, I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, Gerald, having a big time. We went through the wedding, drank throughout the whole night. I mean, we were there getting it on. On the way home at midnight, I had a, little, I had a white Ford Ranger, four-wheel four drive Ford Ranger. I had a bottle that I threw out the window just not even thinking. It rolled down the window, threw it out the window. DPS officer's right behind me. It's a bottle of hot dang, if you know what I'm saying. They sell them at Allsup, so I see them all the time. And so uh, he pulls me over, and I'll never forget it. He, he comes up to the car, and he says, sir, puts the lights on my eyes. He says, sir, how much you had to drink? I didn't even lie to him. I said, a whole bunch. <laughs> like a lot. It's a lot. Get out of the car. He gives me the breathalyzer. I go to jail. I'm now in Dev Smith County Jail. And all I know is English. 
¿Cómo estás? Bien, ¿y tú? Bueno, bueno. It's no bueno, for sure. I needed you, Kiki. <laughs> and I'm sitting in there, and I remember thinking to myself, I've lived a pretty successful life up until this point. High school, all state, and two different sports. Um, went to college. I mean, I, I, had, I had been a leader. And here I was. I remember sitting in that jail cell, and I'm thinking to myself, I have, I'm, I've lost it. I remember this guy that was sitting next to me. He said, hey, gringo. He said, you, uh, you, you need a bondsman. And I said, what? Y'all, he pulls up his shirt, and he had a bondsman tattooed on his arm right here. I'm like, after I get my life right, we're going to work on you. All right? <laughs> he said, this is my bondsman. I remember it was my mother's birthday. I mean, a woman of the Lord. Let me tell you, she's in the shrine of women of faith. And, um, so, but I remember in there, I was broken. I began to bawl, and I cried out to the Lord, and I said, God, forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I vow to this day, that was the last time I've ever drank alcohol in my life. In my life, right? This day, I'll serve you. I, I had so much peace that came over me, and then I called my dad. But <laughs> and then my dad picked me up, and the peace was definitely gone then. <laughs> All right. Never underestimate your story. How many of y'all have ever experienced, like I'm talking about, a time in your life where you needed a Savior to come in and pick you up? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, For the love of Christ control." or con controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Um, I just want to encourage you Christians. This may be brand new information to you, but a Christian means a follower of Christ. And a Christian also means this, is you act like Christ. I know this is brand new information for you guys. But God's called us to act like Christ. I read a poll this week, an uh, email. I got it from Charisma Magazine, and it said this, that if you act like Christ, 88% of the lost people you come around will give their life to the Lord. But the poll also says if you don't act like Christ, they're 88% saying that they won't give their life to the Lord. How many of y'all know it's important that we as believers act like Christ? And this is what I'm saying. The ball's in your court. He's put the ball in your court to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be salt and light in the earth today. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, he talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And we know it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temp temperance. But this is what the Passion Translation says. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine. Now, I want to point something out. Lots of times we think this. Well, I've got love, but I don't have joy, and I don't have peace, and I don't have long-suffering but I do have all the others, or I mix match. I just have three of the nine, or only have six of the nine. I want to point something out that nobody ever looks at, but it says the fruit produced by the Spirit. It doesn't say fruits, it says fruit. So in one fruit, you have all of these traits. So either you be the fruit, or not at all. So this is what it says, within you divine love, and all its varied expressions, joy. Everybody say joy. That overflows. Peace. Everybody say peace. 
Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, a faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. How many of y'all know we need to be, uh, the reason we share our faith is because we were once lost and now we have been found. Now, what I want to share this quote with you, and then I want to talk about how we do it in a practical sense, but this quote says this. I read it in a book this summer. It says, I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. I'll say that again. I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. Don't we need to live our life that way? So here's some practical ways. of. So we saw why we share our faith, and this is how we do it. Are, are you ready? Number one is this. Look for moments that he gives you. Look for those moments that he gives you. Uh, last year, it was in the wintertime, January or February, there was a girl that uh, she dislocated her shoulder at, at a volleyball tournament. She wasn't a part of our, our game. But Anson was over by there, and he says, let me go get my dad. He'll pray for you, and you'll get better. So he runs over. He comes to me, and he says, Dad, this girl, she's really hurt. And, and I'm working on the moments to tell him the same God that's in me is in you at 11 years old. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So I got him, and I grabbed him by the hand, and we went over to this girl. I said, you don't know me, but the Bible says this. These signs will follow him who believes. You'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Do you believe God can heal you? I need him to. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I'm telling you, we laid hands on that girl with a thousand girls screaming in our ears at a volleyball tournament. The power of God went into operation. That young lady was healed. Autumn, I mean, right away. Listen, I could have taken that moment right there and said, I got time for this. Your sister's playing volleyball. Listen. Let's make time to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jeff and Amanda's not in the room, room today, but Jeff and Amanda McElreath, the reason that they come here is because I was walking in Northwest Hospital going to see some folks, and one of my clients, a horseshoe and clients from Pampa, said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm at Northwest Hospital. She goes, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I have a cousin that was just in a bad car wreck, and I want you to go up there. I want you to pray for him. I went up, how many of y'all know the door is open? So I went in, and they've been coming here ever since, experienced the power of God. Come on, let's give the Lord, Lord praise. I'm just saying, if you just open your eyes a little bit, you're going to have moments. Dads, you have moments. Moms, you have moments. Employees, you have moments. They're, they're all the time, aren't they, Leroy? They're all the time. There is moments that he has set before us. The Bible tells us this in Psalm 37, 23, that our steps are ordered of the Lord. Proverbs 16, 9 says, God has established your steps. So how do we do it? We look for the moments. Let's look for the moment at the restaurant with the waiter. That may be slow. All right? Let's look for an open door to share the gospel. I was going to say something else, but I'm, I'm going to save it for this one right here to get on to you guys. Number two is this. Focus. How do we do it? We focus on the manner and how we live. Now, just for a moment, 
I want to talk to you believers and your manners. 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 Come on. I mean, I hate to say it, but believers can have the worst manners. You know, one of the things, I'm just going to go ahead and tell the whole church this. If I'm ministering to somebody, don't butt in. Let me look around and make sure the right people are in the room. I'm not kidding you. I'll be talking to somebody, having a serious conversation, and somebody just walk in and get between, hey, pastor, how you doing? That's rude, and nobody likes that. That is bad manners. All right. Also, don't talk while the teacher's talking. All right. Manners. Listen, I had a guy the other day. He told me this. I'm like 90% saved. The other 10% when I'm not is when I'm driving. How many of y'all know? <laughs> uh, then Patrick, you don't get a bumper sticker, okay? I told this story <laughs> in the first service. Uh, I, I just say that. If you have a bumper sticker and a yard sign, let your light shine. Please, all right? Uh, but talking about bumper stickers, years ago, when we were youth pastors, we had a carload full of kids. And I've told this story before, but uh, we... We were headed to Wonderland, and I pull up on this truck, and I know who it is. I know the truck, and he has a church sticker on the back. And the kids tell me this, Pastor, look, uh, Pastor Travis, look, uh, th- uh, that guy's from the church. Well, he don't recognize me in my wife's car, and I'm bent down because we're way down. He's way up, and we start waving at him, and all these kids start waving. Well, he thinks we're heckling him. He doesn't give me one finger. He gives me two. And said, F you. I mean, we saw him say it. And he starts screaming it. We're like, okay, turn, red, turn, turn green, turn green, turn green, turn green. Pastor, why did he do that? Did you know him? I wanted to lie to him and say, no, I've never seen that guy in my life. He must have sold that truck with that bumper sticker on there. <laughs> Here's the deal. Just write this down. If you have an AOL sticker, don't give anybody the finger. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should just say it like this. Stop giving people the finger. All right? How many of y'all know we need to let our light so shine before men? You know people suck at driving. People do. But here's the deal. You're still called on, on Western Street with all the construction for the love of God until the end of time. God has still called. Can I tell you this? As a believer, your attitude counts. Your attitude counts. If you want to see your sons and daughters come to Christ, your attitude is going to count. I'm telling you, if you have loved ones that want to come to the Lord, your attitude counts. And it's so important that our attitude shines. So I wrote down a few things of things that I've seen work for me. And I'll tell you this. I've led more people, I feel like, to the Lord at the anvil and other places outside of the church than I have inside of it. And there's some things that you got to do that, I, that, I, that I've seen that have worked in my life of letting my light shine. Number one is this. Focus on the positive, not the negative. If you're going to display the gospel, there's enough negative in the world. I'm going to say that again. There's enough negative in the world. And so we can be bearers of positivity. Like this. It's called smiling. 
Some of y'all hadn't done it in a while. You ought to act like Jesus lives on the inside of you. Smile. Amen. I can keep going there, but I'm not going to. But if you have negative and you add more negative to the negative conversation, all you have is negative. How about let's cancel it out of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with something positive. Are you hearing me? Another one is this. If you're going to get people, I, I, I'm telling you, get, this will get their attention. How about you agree on common ground and not on battleground? Some of y'all are right, right away going to battle mode. And listen, it's hard. I have a client that he, he believes completely the opposite direction of the way I do. He, he, he has show horses, so he's not really a cowboy. and he, they're, they're halter horses. And I've really grown to love these people. The first time, and I, the first time I went, I knew exactly how they thought because the, the they were, way they were talking to me. And um, I walk into his house, and he has a picture. His favorite president of all time is Bill Clinton. Seriously. I'm like, Ugh. I walked in the door. What's he doing in here? <laughs> if it had been Hillary, I'd have ran out the door for sure. <laughs> but listen, I... I I could have at that moment went to battle mode. But what I went to was common ground, not battleground. And he tells me all these things and how he believes. And let me tell you something. I have repented of being a conservative that, that doesn't say anything. Like when I go to their house, I open the door for it. I always carry a gun and I carry it right here. So when I get out of the truck, I don't, I don't even carry a gun when I'm shooting horses. But I get out and I make it very obvious. Let me take my gun off, you know. So I'm trying to open the conversation. It's fun. It's great. Right? <laughs> You know, shots for the horses, taking them out of my deal. Hey, speaking of shots, let's talk about vaccines. Okay, let's do it. Let's have a big time today, all right? Um, and I don't, I don't shy down from that, but I just, I, one thing I do, I always end it with this. Let's agree on common ground, not on battleground. Because lots of times I want to get into a defense mode, and I'm telling you, I'm gonna, all I'm going to do, and I, y'all need to hear this, you're just going to push them farther away. When the whole goal is to bring them in. And this ain't easy. But I'm telling you, God will give you the grace to do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22 says this. To the weak I became weak. As the weak. To win the weak. I have become all things to all men. So that I may by all means in any and every way. Save some by leading them to faith in Jesus Christ. And I do all this for the sake of the gospel so that I may share in its blessing along with you. Okay, here's the next one. Their perspective, not my perspective. Now, right away, I'm not telling you to compromise. I'm just saying this. And I'm not telling you to believe their perspective. I'm just asking you this. Sometimes we need to understand it. They may think a certain way because they were raised. They may have gone through a particular thing. I just want to... I know this, and I... I said this again in the first service, but as I read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I see that Jesus asked more questions than he was asked questions. In fact, I looked it up. Jesus asked uh, 307 questions in his ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and only 183 times he was asked questions, and only eight times he actually answered those questions. But you know what that tells me? Jesus is more, more interested in listening than pointing. Aren't you thankful that Jesus listens to us? 
In fact, that's, that's true. Not a lot of times we always talk to him and we don't take time for him to speak to us. Their perspective, not my perspective. Here's the next one. Be patient, not pressing. You know, there's people, I, there's people out there that I have the trot line out. I have the bait in the water. They may haven't grabbed the bait yet, but the bait is in the water. And what I do is I come by and I check the trot line from time to time. Do I have any hillbillies in the room know what I'm talking about? Old Clorox bottle on top of the water. And I'm checking the bait. That's what I'm doing. I'm not pressing, but I'm patient. And I'm saying, when you're ready to hit it, when you're ready, when the door is open, I promise you, I'm going to bust it right open. And I'm going to show you a God that saves. I'm going to show you a God that delivers. But I'm, I'm going to be patient, not pressing. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23. He says this. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. That was for the room. Can we do that one more time? I'm coming to an end. Leroy, if you want to come and play. It says, again, I say, I want, I want, I want, I want you to hear this. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A husband needs to hear this right now. It's setting you free. Some of you wives need to hear it as well. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Why did it have to say that? There's parts of the Bible you want to rip out. You know, it's like, it didn't say that. <laughs> it says, gently, listen here, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Come on, this is the word of God. That's the best thing you could have heard. Not anything that I said today, but everything what the word of God says to do. That God will change those people's hearts. And they will learn the truth. Here's the last thing, a part is focus on your manners, is this. It's unconditional love, not conditional love. Listen, there's some people, you're not going to like everybody, but God's called you to love them. Like there's some people in the room, like when you, there's a reason you sit over there and they sit over here. You may not like each other and not, may not invite each other for fried, over each other's house for fried chicken after the service. But one thing that God has called us to do is love them. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. What does it say? Love never fails. Love never fails. Unconditional love, not conditional love. Here's the third one is this. Show them a message of hope. Show them a message of hope. How many of y'all know the world is showing something hopeless? I'm going to say that again. With everything that's happening in the world, how many of y'all know the world is showing us things that are hopeless? But how many of y'all know you carry on the inside of you the hope of the world? Jesus Christ. It's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. But in your heart set Christ apart as wholly acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you on the count for the hope and confident assurance. 
elicited by faith, that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. And see to it that your conscience is entirely clear so that every time you are slandered or falsely accused, those who attack or disparage your good behavior in Christ will be shamed by their own words. I shared this in the morning, and I want to share one last thing with you, a quote, another quote that I read over the summer. But in Colossians chapter 4, it says in verse 5, it says, conduct yourself. I'm talking to believers here. He said, conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders. He's talking about non-believers here. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt. One last quote. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. I don't know if you got it. That's it, right there. I want you to look at this. When you enter the beautiful city, what's he talking about? He's talking about heaven. When you enter the beautiful city and the saved all around you appear, what joy when someone will tell you, it was you who invited me here. You know what I want? That's my heart's desire, and I don't know if that's how it's going to be, but that's my heart's desire. Young boys and young girls and people that walk up to me and said, you took time to show me the good news, the message of hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's my heart's desire that people in the nursery, that when they get to heaven, that there will be boys and girls that are up here, that they planted the seed and invited them to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's say that again. I don't know about you, but I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is a wake-up call to all of us. It's a wake-up call. We've got to start being salt and light. We've got to start being salt and light. If we're not salt, they won't taste. And if we're not light, they'll never see it. Don't blend in with the same crowd at the restaurant when you leave here. Don't blend in with the... When you walk, you should walk with the confidence that Christ is... You're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. I want, to see, I want people to see Christ in me. You know what I did yesterday? We had a... They had a block party out in front of my house. They had keggers and all this different stuff. I was right in the middle of all of them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. One guy said, you're the only preacher I know that doesn't drink. I said, that's sad. That's sad. I prayed with people out there, laid guy was saying getting gout I said let me let me lay my hands on you can I pray for you I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus there's some of you you're like I wish I didn't work with so and so the way he talks we'll talk opposite and be the salt and light of Jesus it's not going to be perfect (laughs) in fact to me it's perfect when I am in a room full of reprobates I love it That's why I can be the salt and light 
I'm not going to blend in. No, 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 no. I'm going to be the complete opposite. But I'm going to do it in love. Amen? I'm going to do it in love. Every head bowed with everybody closed. If you're in this room and you say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know Jesus. But today, there's something that's tugging in my heart. I believe there's people, there's different people in the room. I believe there's people that are saved. In fact, I'm talking to you today to be that salt and light, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But also, I believe there's people in the room at one time you were salt and light, but because of distractions, because the enemies come in like a flood to steal, kill, and destroy, you need to be reminded that I'm supposed to be the light, that I'm supposed to be life and life more abundantly. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I believe there's people in the room today that that light has burned out, that at one time you served the Lord, but now there's sin in your life, and it's separated you. The Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says sin separates us from the Lord. And so if you're in the room and there's sin in your life that has separated you from God, in fact, you're at a place where you feel lonely, but as you got in the presence of God today, you could tell that there's a Lord that loves you, that's seeking after you, It doesn't care where you came from, what you've done, your past. You remembered that today as you were in the presence of God. I want to talk to you today that even though you've ran from the Lord, you can get your heart right with Him. The Bible says, ask for, uh, uh, repent of your sins, and He's faithful and just forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But you need to put it at the feet of Jesus. The third one is this. There's people in the room that have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of life. Like the 13 that I saw Wednesday night that came forward and said, I've never heard the gospel this way. I've never heard that there was a Savior that died for my sins. That forgave me. When other people wouldn't, He forgave me. And if you're in the room today and you say, you know what? You're those last two is this. One time you served the Lord, but you walked away from Him. Number two, you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I believe today is your day for victory. So if that's you and I'm talking to you, I want you to pray this prayer with me and also one of others in the room today. I want you to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I've made, my, I've made decisions to separate myself from you. But right now, I believe that you died. You were buried. And on the third day, you rose again. So come live in my heart, Jesus. I confess my sin to you. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.